Today, we are talking about the topic of dark tourism, and I, Brittany Sherman, am of course here with Sonia Mazelion here, and uh, our topic of dark tourism is about three places that each of us would like to visit that have a history of true crime, that have a uh, dark, sordid past where weird, dark criminal activities may have taken place. And um, because we're sick and dark and twisted, places we might want to go to get a little more information, maybe get a little scared, get uh, freaked out. Maybe, maybe even see ghosts. There's a big part of me that wants to stay at like a, a haunted place, but then there's always the part of me that gets super freaked out. I, uh, you know, I can't honestly say I've ever stayed at a haunted place besides like places that I thought felt haunted, but I stayed there. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever felt, uh, been in a situation where I felt like that I needed to leave because of a place that was haunted, put it that way. Sure. But, um, uh, definitely weird stuff in the past has happened. Things moving around the house. I mean, I bought a house from a per- family whose father had passed away in the house. So, um, it, you know, there were some things that happened. And my nephew wouldn't even come over anymore. He refused to. Really? Yeah, he was completely freaked out. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, he, well, he, I'm not saying he scares easy, but he was probably 11 years old, maybe nine. Okay, so he, he, he was young. Yeah, he was definitely young, but it, it left yeah. an impression on him to this day. He still reminds me that, uh, it's, a place that he doesn't want to ever go visit again. It freaked him out. <laughs> uh, the most haunted place I've probably ever stayed is the Queen Mary cruise ship yeah. in, in Long Beach. Uh, they have, like, there are a ton of ghost stories that come from that place. And they have, like, a, a haunted tour that I was super excited to go on. But I ended up hearing that it was actually, like, really cheesy with, like, cheap special effects and not actually haunted stuff so i ended up not doing it but the night that i stayed there um i was with my parents and they swear up and down they are not messing with me that they heard someone walking around banging into things they assumed that it was me and turned over to the other bed and saw me just sleeping there and were totally freaked out. But I never woke up. So oh, it's what? Uh, I know, I know. They thought it was they thought it sounded like someone was getting up to like go to the bathroom and stumbling into things in the middle of the night. That is crazy. I know, and I didn't hear any of it. Oh my god. Um, 
Wow. All right. Well, Brittany, this is your top three that you've chosen. So I'm excited to uh, for you to introduce it and start. Okay. You start with this one. All right. I'll start. So I was kind of inspired by there was, there's a Netflix series called Dark Tourist uh, where this guy, he's a, he's a journalist from New Zealand. Uh, and he, it's like a 10 part series or something where essentially he goes to haunted or criminal places. And apparently like there's a whole industry called dark tourism dedicated specifically to people who are fascinated by these dark and twisted vacation spots that maybe actually aren't vacation spots, but people want to go there because of their sordid past. Uh, quick little sidebar, that guy, and I can't remember his name, recently also made a documentary called Tickled. <gasps> about. I heard about this. I think I told you about it. No, my, I think a, you and my sister did. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's what this underground, it might be a good make for a good companion episode at, one time, at some point, but it's this like underground tickling fetish thing that people choose to be tied up and forcefully tickled and it's not porn like they're not naked or anything but it's like a porn-esque thing that people watch because they get off on it i hate being tickled and i was having physical visceral reactions watching it it made me so uncomfortable and like the seedy underbelly of this <laughs> tickling regime is nuts. Ew, I couldn't believe it. Gross. Uh, I, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I could watch anyone be tickled. I mean, it's kind of, it's stressful. I, I do not like being tickled. I, it's not fun. Um, and I'm, I'm already claustrophobic. So being held down and tickled is just like my worst nightmare. Honestly, it's just terrible. I have literal physical reactions of like squirming and being very uncomfortable and almost like in pain watching it happen. It was terrible. <laughs> okay. We digress. So that's what inspired this topic. Got it. I love that guy too. I would highly suggest uh, any of his series. Uh, you know the the dark tourism sp series that you were talking about. There were a couple of of them that I just thought were really fascinating. And I think he went to Chernobyl. He did go to Chernobyl, uh, and I thought about including that one, but I'm not going to do it. It's but not. Yes, a, it's he did. not a true crime other than the crime against humanity. Ex of like, yes, yes, exactly, and that's kind of why I did. Got it. So, uh, so like we always do, I kind of cheated. <gasps> Um, I know, but, uh, I only have myself to blame because I'm the one that started this trend, but my cheating's not going to happen until later. Oh. So yeah, I know. Wait, wait, wait. So, you have uh -huh. a, you have an A or B in like your number two or one spots? Uh-huh. <gasps> I do. Oh, you did cheat. I was only and going to the three A and the three B, but you have taken to another level. So kind of. And the only, so... I only sorted mine based on geographic location and how difficult it would be for me to get to these actual places. Oh, oh, so okay. So that's the only real reason why it's like, it'll be my 1A and 1B, but it's going to be my 1A and 1B. Okay. So without further ado, my number three is the Chateau Marmont here in Hollywood, Los Angeles on the Sunset Strip. Mm. do tell and lots of things have happened there exactly a lot of things have happened there uh it's very famous for uh in the golden years of hollywood being the 
first stop for many celebrities. A lot of people live there. Famously, Marilyn Monroe lived there when she first moved to Hollywood. There are a lot of strange things that have happened. It's considered one of the most haunted places in L.A., but um, there are a couple particular criminal or maybe criminal things that have happened there. Uh, a couple sexual assaults that have happened uh, to young Hollywood starlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Uh, at, the, at the Chateau Marmont? Uh-huh. All right. Um, uh, Natalie Wood, when she was only 16 and filming Rebel Without a Cause, she... Whether it was forcible or maybe just statutory, but she had an affair with the director who was 27 years older than she was when she was only 16. Ew. What? Uh-huh. Uh, who was the director? Yeah. Who was the, I don't even remember who the director was. Uh, Nicholas Ray. Honestly, I don't even know anything about this guy. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, she, she was... <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I got it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, hmm. And, and he like started living there after he caught his wife in bed with a 13 year old boy. <gasps> Ew. Ew. Yeah. What are you saying? Uh-huh. Oh, my I know. Gross. It is. It's gross. So it's gross. he and his wife both liked uh, young ladies and young boys. You, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's nice. Uh, uh, this isn't a crime, but Betty Davis set it on fire twice because <laughs> if one time wasn't enough <laughs> she nearly burned it down twice Good for her I, whatever uh, it was i i have a feeling they probably deserved it so i know but it was honestly just, it was probably her smoking and drinking and she fell asleep that's probably what it was mm-hmm. yeah no it was definitely one the first time was definitely a cigarette <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the second time was uh there Probably not due to her, but uh, there was an electrical short in her bedroom. But just funny that it happened twice to her. Oh, boy. Uh, I think a topic that's coming up for us soon, the Tate murders. Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski lived there six months before they moved into their famous home on Cielo Drive, where Sharon Tate was murdered by the Manson family. Hmm. And the top two uh, that are probably at least strange circumstances are John Belushi. Mm. His official cause of death is a drug overdose. But there are a lot of strange circumstances that happened around uh, when he died and surrounding his death. He, of course, died while he was staying at the Chateau Marmont. Um and then the and that was back in 1982 and then in uh 2004 Helmut Newton who was a fashion photographer strangely lost control of his car speeding out of the parking lot of the Chateau Marmont and crashed on Sunset Boulevard right in front of it. So a lot of strange, unique things have happened. It's It was opened originally in 1927, so it's almost 100 years old. So just being a Hollywood historical fiend, I would love to go just to check it out. And I kind of can't believe I haven't in the time that I've lived here. But with all the weird, strange events that have happened, it's uh, it's on my list. And someplace I feel like I definitely have to check out now. 
That is awesome. And I am pretty shocked that you haven't been there yet. I know. I'm kind of shocked too. Wow. I'll go with you. Let's plan it. Well, let's plan an outing whenever we can get ourselves out whenever of this Whenever we can. Yeah, exactly. Totally Once we stop social distancing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. That was your what? Three? That was my number three. So, okay. Oh, okay. Got it. I see. I, <clears throat> I, as typical as you have done in the past, uh, have a 3A and a 3E, 3B, because I like to cheat. And my 3B, as in the past as well, is sort of a peripheral thing that I just want to mention, not speak too much about, but I want to call it out for a couple of reasons. And actually, my 3A and my 3B are different cases that you and I have both covered in, in our episodes. So uh -huh. I wanted to give a little shout out there, maybe a little teaser to our fans to go back and listen to those episodes because I actually really like those episodes. And I in particular thought the Elizabeth Bathory, Bathory episode was informative, uh, as I've heard from others. So, uh, you know, hey, hey, we can, uh, we'll definitely, you know, revisit those. So my 3B is is Elizabeth Bathory's castle uh, that she was later lived. She So it was the residence of her when she was tried and then as much as she can be tried for and put uh, in prison for um, as the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. And that would be Katiki Castle. And it, it is in Slovakia and it is a uh -huh. castle. And it is essentially the place where Elizabeth Bathory had done all of her final deeds with all of her murdering of all of her different handmaidens and the people who worked for her. And um, of course, as we talked about in our episode, um, there is a lot of speculation about how many people she actually killed and speculation about the agenda of the government and the people who were in power at that time. You know, there are some people who think that Elizabeth Bathory didn't actually do as much, um, you know, didn't commit, didn't commit as many crimes as she was said to do. And a lot of this was just an agenda against her to relinquish her of her assets um, by putting her into prison. Um, and this was back in the day when, you know, you're you're talking about my god the 15th and 16th century so this was a time where royalty was uh, you know the end all which meant that you really weren't going to be tried and convicted of anything you were just probably going to be locked away in private in your giant castle as elizabeth bathory was so i would love to check out this castle it sounds like part of it burned down uh, but the rest of it's still open as a tourist um, location it's supposed to be really pretty um, and this was the castle that was given to her by her husband Franz Nadazdi in 1575. So she received this castle as a, a gift, you know, thank you for marrying me. Here's your castle, um, which sounds okay. But uh, as we know, you know, again, it's a nice wedding gift. Yeah. Well, you know, their families were very wealthy and, uh -huh. you know, they, it, she, she essentially was the um, sort of the beginning of the vampire stories or the Dracula uh -huh. stories because she was known to bathe in the blood of her handmaidens to make her look young. And um, I'm sure there was some little mental instability there going on. A lot of people had syphilis at the time. So, the, again, there's a lot of speculation about why she did the things she did. But um, she certainly did whatever she wanted to do. So um, interesting. And, again, that would be a castle I'd love to see. Uh, and it is in Slovakia. Now, whether I'll get to Slovakia in my lifetime or not, who knows. But interesting, certainly. I mean, the castles and all, Hungary in general, all that, that area must be really fascinating. So that is my 3B. And then my 3A is the Lizzie Borden House in Massachusetts, which still stands. 
And another one of our episodes, Brittany, where we talked about Lizzie Borden, who was tried uh, and acquitted of killing her father and her stepmother in the house. No mm-hmm. one else was uh, ever a suspect, um, a serious suspect per se. They did look into a couple of individuals, but nothing came of it. So essentially nobody has been uh, you know, found, tried and found guilty of the crimes against the, the Bordens. Um, Lizzie went on to buy another house with her sister and on the hill where they always wanted to live and so on and so on. But um, this is a place that you can go to in uh, Massachusetts. It is a bed and breakfast, and they are said to have some paranormal activity there. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth. But it sounds like there's a lot of interesting things to see there. In particular, Brittany, when you and I covered this case, we thought it was interesting because of the layout of the house, how, you know, yeah. you'd go from one end to go up to the parents' house or parents' room, bedroom, and then you would have to go to the complete opposite end of the house and go up that stairwell. So they didn't connect in the middle. And, um, you know, we thought that was really weird. And it was just – there were so many weird circumstances around it. I mean, who – Lizzie was literally in the house when these murders happened, as well as another, um, you know, servant. And I forget her name, Maggie or something, that they called all their servants because they were too busy to learn their names. <laughs> they couldn't remember the yeah, names. something bizarre. But um, that Lizzie Borden house, to me, is really fascinating because, um, you know, it's still standing and it's quite, quite nice. And they do a, a – looks like they do a pretty good job of, you know, they've got a museum there and they kind of walk you through and – it would be interesting to stand in the room that Mr. Borden was murdered in. Uh, there are a lot of pictures online. You can see that. There was a settee there, and apparently he was taking a nap on it, which is really uncomfortable, by the way. But he was taking a nap on it, nap on it and then he just got his head blown off, essentially, somehow. Um, some miraculous way. So crazy. <laughs> crazy. Miraculous, I don't think, is the word I would use. But yeah, some strange, bizarre way it happened, since obviously she was not guilty. You know what? I'm going to correct myself. Uh, of course, he did not get his head blown off. What he got his head, what happened to his head was he got um, whacked on the head and in multiple parts of his upper torso with an axe. And pretty much chopped in half. Yeah, it was really gross. Those pictures are terrifying. Yes. I would highly suggest you go look at them if you're interested, but if you're, um, you know, sort of weak uh, to the graphic. Yeah, don't yeah, do not do it if you have a weak stomach. It's gross. So those are my 3A and 3B, Elizabeth Bathory's Castle and Lizzie Borden's House, which is a bed and breakfast in Massachusetts. I suppose it's not really a surprise, but it still does surprise me all the time how much we're on the same wavelength. Um, I would say that we spend so much time together, but now with social distancing, we don't, but we still spend so much time virtually together on the phone. Yeah. Uh, because my number two is the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Ooh, well talk a little bit more about it. I totally gave you a good lead in. You did. You gave me, you gave me a great lead in and, um, a lead in so much so that took away a lot of the things that I was going to say, but I'll still say, I'll still add a little bit more, uh, because the Borden household, I feel like I, I, we talked about this during our episode, and I would love to go there. It's, uh, it, it, I feel like it, I didn't even know it existed until we started researching the Lizzie Borden murders, or the Borden murders, I guess I should say. Uh, but knowing that it exists and I can stay there and it's a bed and breakfast, I feel like it's been added to my bucket list. And I'm looking at a picture of what it looks like now, or I guess what it looks like in 2008. And it looks like it's just kind of like a, you know, it's a three-story, but green home. It is 100% green. 
And it just looks like it's just kind of in a neighborhood, nothing special, just walking down the street, not anything that would make you stop and think that there's anything strange about it. But I think, I feel like I would be a terrible house guest if I went there because exactly what you just said, I'd want to go all over the place and explore it and want to check out this bedroom and that bedroom. And what do you mean you can't go from one room to the next because it's like completely blocked off and half the house is cut off and the only way in is on the other side. And where was her stepmother found? And where was her father found? And are there any relics left over? I'd be the worst, especially for people that just want to stay there for bed and breakfast. But I also kind of feel like are there people. Wait, gonna, are you? Do you think there are people who are really just staying there? Like, oh, and that's what I was. That's what I was just gonna say. I'm not really sure if there are. If anyone is staying there, that's not already fascinated by it. But I figure, at least from time to time, they probably get some people that don't know anything about it. They're just looking for a bed and breakfast in that part of Massachusetts, and they stumble upon this place. Okay, so I mean, wouldn't you be? Uh, imagine this imagine you are going to massachusetts and fall river is that where this place fall river i guess and um, yep, for some apparent right. reason you decide to go to a bed and breakfast and stay there you go to your room you you know, have no idea this is a lizzie borden house you go to your room you have your breakfast blah 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 blah, blah. you know you're hanging out it's all maybe romantic and then somebody just sort of mentions to you by the way that you're staying in the room where lizzie borden's stepmother was killed would you not be like that is absolutely crazy and get me the hell out of here <laughs> Yeah, of course you would. But that's the most <laughs> popular room in the place. But imagine if you stayed there accidentally because you didn't even know. That would be crazy. It would probably be it would be terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy. It would it would be totally crazy. Um it's uh it, it's kind of a historic I mean, it is a historical landmark. It hasn't actually, I don't think uh well I should say it has been denoted as a historical landmark by the Fall River Historical Society um, and uh, a tourist attraction. So I think most people that go there are probably fall under the dark tourist path that we're talking about. Uh, there is suspicion and maybe loose evidence that it's haunted and there's ghostly activity, but it's uh, essentially been decided that these claims are unreliable uh and things that they've reported like table tipping um and uh they used a ouija board it's suspect at best that's not the word i was looking for but it, it's just as as much evidence as you can have to support a true haunting this doesn't really fall under a truly classified haunted place but that said that doesn't discourage me at all i would be fascinated and probably be a terrible guest there but still really badly want to go if that place came on the market i would totally buy it by the way i mean well first off you have to disclose that kind of thing so certainly yes but that's true i i uh, but do you from like something that's 150 years old almost does that matter at this point uh for me because I really want it to matter. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> that. But from a true real estate perspective, a crime that happened 150 years ago, does that actually, is that relevant when you're trying to resell it today? It, you sign a disclosure when you buy things, when you sell, sorry, when you sell things that if there's anything known about the house, including dust in the house and things like that, you have to disclose it. So anybody, okay. it, that chain of, of title certainly yeah. would have included that. Nobody forgot that this was the Lizzie Borden house. It would be easy to investigate, but, um, 
you know, I, I would be down for that. I mean, I, uh, I think there's a good movie there. <laughs> oh my God. Of course there is. Awesome. So, uh, if, uh, Scarlettos, if you find yourself in Fall River, Massachusetts, take a stroll down to what, 232nd Street in Fall River. Send us a picture. We would die to see it. Yes, with you in front of it. And then uh, certainly much appreciated if you're wearing one of our t-shirts at the same time. You can buy those <laughs> on TeePublic. <laughs> Good plug. Uh, all right. So I'm going to go with my number two. Was that wait? Was that your number three? No, that was my number two. Okay, great. So my number two. Your number two. Uh huh. This should be my number one, but my number one is sort of this a standout. I I struggled. Um, the my I've already visited this location twice, but it's still worthy for me because I love to talk about it, Brittany. I know that you've uh, I've tried to drag you along on this tour with me before, but it is the area of White Whitechapel where the Jack the Ripper slash Whitechapel murders happen. And I say that and differentiate between the two because there were a lot more Whitechapel murders than the five murders that were attributed to Jack the Ripper. And uh, they were murdered in a variety of ways. The additional people were sexually assaulted uh, and then robbed by a gang. And another woman was stabbed a bunch of times. And then there was just a body found, uh, unidentified body found, that um, was dismembered. So bad things happen in Whitechapel. But uh, that is an area in the east end of London. And uh, this is a time, you know, when the Jack the Ripper murders happened, 1888 to 1891, a very short window of time where they stopped or they started and they stopped and um, if you go on one of these Jack the Ripper tours which I would highly suggest it and I've been on two different ones and I enjoyed both of them the first one I enjoyed more and maybe it's because it was new to me but the second tour and I I don't recall I'll I'll definitely you know throw something up later when I can remember which tour was which but one of the tours essentially took you through um, the location where you would walk into Whitechapel which is an area in town in London that was on the east end was not very nice and there was there is a very large stone wall there called the Roman wall or something but it was literally splitting the city of London in half there was one side of the, the wall had the rich people and the other side had the poor people and the slums. This was the side that the east, uh, the east end, which is essentially where Whitechapel is, this is where these murders occurred. A lot of bad things were happening around that time. Uh, in, on these tours, it was so cool. Like, they would start you there, and they would really – these guys were actors, and it was super interesting how they <laughs> built this up. And here's the wall, and it establishes a lot. Like, the wall was, like, from the Roman Empire when, you know, Europe and London were just split. So it was really – like, this wall is old. And then you walk into town, and they take you up near this church, and you walk around it. And then they tell you, you know, the little story about why street workers or walkers are called street walkers. And the reason that they were called streetwalkers, prostitutes at the time, was because if you stood still, you would get arrested. So that's why they kept walking around and around and and the church. So it was literally them walking around a church, but they never could stand still or they would get in trouble. So um, interesting. And then you walk through and they, I mean, this is all a walking tour. It's about a mile and a half, maybe, maybe three miles. I don't remember. It was three hours worth of walking. But um, they would go up these cobblestone streets and they would talk you through every one of the murder scenes and the, the, you know, the scene of the crime. And they would show you pictures of that time and um, or near that time, but after. 
And um, it was exactly the same. It was so crazy. The signage was the same. How you got, these are all cobblestone streets. So it was super, super freaking cool. And as you can tell, I'm really excited about this. And that's why I won't stop <laughs> babbling about it. Uh, I thought it would be your number one. No. Nope. No. I uh, and, and maybe it's because I haven't been to my number one. And so I'm kind okay. of like that's excited fair. That's about fair. that. But yeah, I would absolutely suggest you going on one of these Jack the Ripper tours. And I know there's a lot of speculation about if there was even a Jack the Ripper. Was there one person? Was there multiple people? It was a three-year period or less that it had happened. Some people say maybe H.H. Holmes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So much speculation out there. But at the very least, what you can be sure of is that five or more women died at the hands of someone. And there are um, there are pictures of their bodies. And they were identified. And they are pictures of the bodies in the spot where they were murdered. And it's clear to see the surroundings. So it's if anything, you can take a historical moment and look around at where you are and know that something important happened there. You know, even if it was something on the darker side. But it really, really interesting. So that's my number two. I do wish I would have gone on that tour. I wasn't able to, but I, you rave so much about it, and it just sounds so cool. I didn't know about like the whole like on this side was the you know well to do, and on this side was the complete opposite. I didn't know that was still the case. That's really fascinating. Well, yeah, and that's why it was. It didn't help anything. It was. It made it much worse because you had two different jurisdictions for the police uh, as well. So they they were not you know they were not helpful these it it was almost like that it was a disregarded crime right because you had these women they Mm -hmm. were prostitutes they didn't matter by the way they were completely gutted i mean it was a big mess and and it should have been scary for someone but apparently the people who you know on one side of the or the other side of the wall didn't terribly matter much to you because it really didn't affect them i mean it would this was a, a lowbrow crime you know these were criminals you know of the darkest uh, sort living in these this Whitechapel area. It was a really bad, bad location. So if you were from there, they either felt like you deserved it or you were probably someone who knew someone else who knew someone else. I mean, very commonly the way that, unfortunately, today we still disregard er- impoverished areas, you know, and it's really, yeah, really sad. Course. We know <laughs> circumstances where, you know, people... Uh, I mean, God, look at the Grim Sleeper, right? Like, the Grim Sleeper was a murderer in L.A., uh, murdered a bunch of women, would put him, <laughs> take him in the back of his van and sexually yeah. abuse them in ways that I can hardly speak of. And um, it was like nobody cared. I mean, it was amazing, you know? So definitely, you know, those things that happen to those those folks who are impoverished or, you know, have 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 issues or whatever homeless whatever they just they just definitely um don't seem to get the attention so sorry i digress but that was an important piece (laughs) of it was that you know that wall really separated the classes and in doing so it separated their ability to really work together and to find the criminal all righty my one b (gasps) is is the bran castle bran b-r-a-n in Romania. This was going to be my number one, but then I did a little more research about it and decided to make it my 1B because this is the castle that is made famous by Mary Shelley. Oh, excuse me. Not uh, not Mary Shelley. Bram Stoker as being Dracula's castle. 
And this is the castle that everyone thinks of when they think of the uh, the Dracula Transylvania castle. This is the design. This is the iconographic, iconographic image that everyone puts in their head. Uh, but the reason why this became my number one B is because it is really falsely attributed to Vlad the Impaler, who, like uh, Elizabeth, like Elizabeth Bathory, is essentially the subject or the inspiration for Dracula. But that's just legend. This is the inspiration for his castle, but not actually where Vlad the Impaler lived. Because my 1A, Piernari Castle, oh, it, I probably <laughs> totally butchered that, uh, also in Romania, is where Vlad the Impaler lived. <laughs> and I love castles. Uh, I don't know. There's just something about, I really like architecture. Um, I like history. And so the idea of, uh, you know, historical um fashionable royalty royal living it's uh, it's fascinating to me and i really i i think it's really interesting so that in itself fascinates me and uh, being that this is the house of the man that inspired dracula and the uh, i guess you could call it like a vampire cult both people that are just fan fans of vampires and there are actually, believe it or not, people out there that believe they're real vampires. I remember seeing them when I was in Boston, and it was strange and weird, but super interesting thing to see. Why Boston? Pe- Where were you? Were you at like a club? Were you at a goth club? And no, no, know, it was like out was in the middle of. It was like out in the middle of nowhere, like just walking to, through Boston. I don't know what it was, but it was it was weird. What? Uh, but it was interesting. It, I know. It's people that actually, like, you can look this up. It's people that actually believe they're real-life vampires. Oh, no. I know those people exist. I'm just perplexed about Boston. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Boston. I just remember that's where I saw them. <laughs> um, so, and and this place, whether you believe that, believe that Vlad, uh, you know, mo- most things that are said about Vlad the Impaler, when you take it out of context of the stories and the lore of it all, it's found that most of the quote-unquote crimes and murders that he committed were really in the battle of war and less about drinking people's blood and murdering for murder or violence sake. Uh, But whether you believe that he was the embodiment of Dracula or he was uh, a general that was maybe just particularly violent in war, this place kind of lives up to a fortress belief of where you might expect a Dracula or vampire to live because there is no real route to get there. Uh, there is, it, it's like kind of set in the middle of nowhere in Romania and you can get up to like, um, within like a mile and a half of it by car but then you kind of have to walk and navigate through like woods and forest and uh, like stone roads just to get up to it. And it's uh, also referred to as a citadel and a fortress. So it's this, I think, really fascinating place. And why not? I'd love to go to Romania. Uh, if you look at the pictures of it, like just to get up there, once you get to that point, there's these steep staircases that you have to walk to. So it is very secluded. 
very hard to get. You can believe that someone that may have been trying to live in isolation and do horrible things would use this as their outpost and a place that they would be trying to hide. Uh, of course, it's all legend, but if nothing else, it's a fun legend that I choose to believe in and I love to travel and this feels like a really good reason to travel. Oh my god, that would be I well, have you ever read Bram Stoker's Dracula? I have to admit I started reading it and I got bored. So you will hear me multiple times as we talk about Bram Stoker. I will uh-huh. I will continue to say the wrong name and say Bram Stroker. And when I do, <laughs> I apologize. I am sorry, people. But I, uh, it's like a, this weird porn, porn name, porn movie. It I, totally is. It's, uh, I, sorry. I, I, thou shalt not speak. I will not say it out loud, but I'll try. So if you hear me say it wrong, I'm sorry. I just, I just, like, oh, that's really funny. I, uh, I have not either, Brittany. I have not fully, but I do have a hard copy of it and Frankenstein together in one hardback book. So I will definitely oh, okay. it so you, can, so you can read it. But I, I, I did the same, I did the same thing with uh, Frankenstein. I started reading it and got, kind of bored yeah yeah and i think for bram stoker i mean if i'm not mistaken his wife bram was a the guy a a man right yes and then i but i was under the impression that maybe his wife wrote some of this book and it was actually her idea is that the case i don't know i hadn't heard that but maybe i just like for ladies to get their credit where credit is well, due I mean, mary shelley definitely a woman did write frankenstein yeah and there were a lot of women who wrote historical you know information in the past and didn't get credit for it because um they wouldn't be published if they were women they, they would be published under another name so look it up guys maybe that's the case or maybe i'm just remembering it all wrong <laughs> um, all right are you ready for my number one Let's hear it. My number one is Spawn Ranch in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, I so thought about doing that one. I'm glad I didn't, though. It Good job. It is, uh, well, Brittany, as you know, we've been researching for a number of weeks for um, our up- one of our upcoming episodes, uh, which will cover the Manson murders. And um, you know I'm fascinated with that story for so many reasons. And then the other day I just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm like, You oh, did watch it. Dude, okay. I-, I love that movie. I it, did you? I do. Okay. I did. I, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. I was I was hoping for a lot more, to be honest. Well, I I didn't know what I was watching. I thought it was going to be like something else. I had no idea this was the subject matter, so I was pleasantly surprised. And then I really liked Brad Pitt. I was like, Brad, I mean, Brad gets it. He's, uh, anyway. Um, but I thought it was, <laughs> it was it's such a pleasure for me to see it because at the end I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? Did they just wrap this up into like one of my favorite stories of all time? Holy shit. Yeah. So, uh, sure did. It, that's, that's absolutely what happened. But. In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they do go on location to visit Spawn Ranch or mm-hmm. what they consider to be Spawn Ranch. I have no idea if that's the real location or not. But Spawn Ranch was also known as Spawn Movie Ranch, um, 55 acres. And essentially they built a bunch of, um, you know, sort of Western sort of towns and sort of facades. Um, and they did a lot of shooting there. It sounds like they shot some of the Lone Ranger there as well as some Bonanza. It was out in sort of the middle of nowhere. George Spawn ultimately bought the the location. Then he added horses to it. You could go trail riding there. He was an old gentleman. It sounds like he was going blind and may have had some issues managing his business. Um, he was 80, by the way, um, so who, who doesn't? There's a lot to take care of. 
but he has uh, had the Manson family come and move in rent free and mm-hmm. help him take care of the place. Well, rent free is not entirely accurate. Well, they say Vincent Bugliosi says that Manson would loan George Spawn his one of his family members, i.e., ladies, and uh-huh. um, they would go and exchange favors or whatever. I don't know if that's true or not. I've read that actually was true, but yeah, I was surprised when I heard that. I didn't know that was the case. Anyway, yes. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, it, this was, you know, back in 1968, 69, where, right. you know, free love was free. Uh, and so, I don't, I don't, to me, if an 80-year-old dude's doing what he's doing, more power <laughs> to him. I mean, they're they're of age, so whatever. Um, a squeaky Fromm was out there at the time, and I'm always interested in that character. Um, another thing that's interesting about Spawn Ranch, because if you are a true crime aficionado like we are, Brittany, you would have said to me, well, no t- crimes happen there, right? Because the Manson murders actually happened elsewhere. Well, that is not the case. It sounds to me like there was a Spawn Ranch employee who did not like um, Charles Manson, and it sounds to me like Manson may have had some of his people to kill this gentleman. The ranch hand's name was Donald Shorty Shea, and um, the killers were Bruce M. Davis and Steve Clem Grogan, and they murdered him on um, August 26, 1969, and they did find his remains in 1977, so it was proven. So a murder did happen out on Spawn Ranch, not to say that's the only one. So uh, there you go. That... Uh, that that guy, the ranch hand, was murdered. He was buried out on that ranch, and wow, he was eventually dug I didn't, up. I didn't know there was an actual murder that happened there. Yep. It's said that George Spawn, being, like I said, practically blind and 80 years yeah. old, yeah. may have been unaware of the Manson family shenanigans. Um, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt it either. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, there was – I mean, the Manson family – people were definitely a weird group it was very much yeah, like a cult for sure um for sure you know but there was a lot of weird hippie stuff going on you know at mm-hmm. the time so in this in the context of the time i don't think that was out of uh normal and george spawn was just really happy to have the help i don't know um what's what spawn ranch i think they closed down the street that spawn ranch was located on and they um added it as part of a, a park area there so i think that's right yeah you can't really get there but i think that's such a fascinating location i want it to is go i visit. agree i will go with I you totally to uh, chateau marmont if you come with me to spawn ranch absolutely we can make a day trip done all right well there's my number one so you're welcome people all right, Scarlettos, thanks for tuning in. Um, we know that right now we are, um, you know, we're in the midst of an uncertain time and uh, there's a lot of a lot of negative things happening, but we really hope that we can provide a little respite and entertainment and, um, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have you. We are super excited uh, that we've been, you know, we've been seeing a lot more listener engagement. We love hearing from you. And um, hope that you guys are doing well and uh, staying well and healthy. Yep. Thanks a lot, Scarlettos. And just a reminder, some of the locations that we talked about are sort of featured in episodes that we've already covered, our episodes or um, crimes that we've already covered. So feel free to take a listen. You can take a listen to our Lizzie Borden episode, our Elizabeth Bathory episode, uh, all very interesting. And then in the future, we will be discussing the Manson murders and Spawn Ranch. So stay tuned. 
Hey, Scarlettos, before we wrap this up, we want to give a shout out to the Pod All the Time podcast network that we, Scarlet TCP, are proud members of. Other members of the Pod All the Time podcast network are Creative Intuitive, Another Digital Citizen, History of a Haunting, Round and Round the Podcast, Real AKA Truth Podcast, Ruck Up Podcast, Random Unnamed Podcast, Suburban Folk, Three Peas in a Podcast, Raw Sex Podcast, I Think We're Doing It Podcast. So if you like what you're hearing from Scarlet TCP, check out these other shows, the members of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network. All right, Scarlet, if you happen to go to any of these places, send us a picture. We would love to hear about it and see you, uh, see you there. Sonia, any closing words? I am so glad that, uh, you know, we are home safe and hopefully you guys are trying to make the best of it and do something productive or not with your time. And, um, you know, Brittany, we're getting through it. Hopefully uh, within the next couple of months, things will get better. All right. Before we sign off, a uh, quick shout out and uh, thank you. Genuine thanks to everyone on the front lines, healthcare workers, first responders, uh, can't express our gratitude enough. So um, say thank you. Keep listening. Scarlettos, keep killing it. Later, Scarlettos. <laughs>